where we're going to spend the next two years looking at the book of First Chronicles. Nah, that's not true. First Chronicles is an interesting one. It's where probably a lot of Bible reading plans go to die if Leviticus didn't take them down. But it's actually an essential book, um, even though it covers many of the same things covered in Second Samuel and First and Second Kings. Um, one of my favorite authors is Marilyn Robinson, and uh, she has a number of books that, that center around the town of Gilead, Iowa, and they're from different perspectives. The first is uh, Gilead, uh, centering around John Ames, the Congregationalist pastor, and the second one that I'm going to reference, I don't remember their order, is Home, written from the perspective of the Presbyterian pastor's daughter. And one of the really lovely things um, about the book is remembering the storyline as you read one, and then perhaps going back to the other, and then going back to the other, and finding more and more things out. It's an absolutely lovely series. And the author of Chronicles uh, has a similar agenda, though broader in scope, certainly, than a novelist. Um, probably written after the Babylonian exile, and one of the last lists at the beginning of First Chronicles is about um, the role of people after the exile. So we know when it was written in some measure. And I want to say, too, if you're thinking about reading First Chronicles and the genealogies get you down a little bit, go ahead and skim them. And I say that for a couple of reasons, not because they're not important, but because I don't want you to miss what else is going on in First Chronicles, because there's a lot that's filled out. For example, when um, they bring the ark to Jerusalem, that's covered in Second Samuel, but it's not covered nearly as extensively. In First Chronicles 16, David sings this, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, call upon his name, make known his deeds among the people, sing to him, sing praises to him, tell of all his wondrous works, glory in his holy name. Let the hearts of those who seek the Lord rejoice. Seek the Lord and his strength. Seek his presence continuously. Remember the wondrous works that he has done, his miracles and the judgments he has uttered, O offspring of Israel, his servant, children of Jacob, his chosen ones. This is a terrific song, first of all, because it's a lovely song of thanks. But second of all, it helps us see some of the issue or some of the opportunities that Chronicles decides to address. Especially coming out of the exile, the people of Israel wondered about their identity. They wondered if God had forgotten them. They wondered whether his promises were true. And Chronicles, through the genealogies, shows how God kept his promises. And there's an interesting indirect reference to them when Nathan, the prophet, believes David is supposed to build the uh, temple, and David gets excited about it, and then God has a conversation with Nathan and lets him know that that's not the case, and uh, uh, many of the references in the conversation are to the time of the judges. And the genealogies go back all the way to the beginning, and they show the importance of the line of Judah, and the line of Saul, even, and the line of David. And there's this wonderful anecdote that I love that shows the heart of David. To be clear, I have as many issues with David as anyone you know. But we know more about him than any other biblical character, and that's because of the way he would respond to certain situations that showed he was a man after God's own heart, though he made a lot of mistakes in Chronicles. This is in chapter 19. Now after this, Nahash, the king of the Ammonites, died. And his son reigned in his place. And David said, I will deal kindly with Hanun, the son of Nahash, for his father dealt kindly with me. So David sent messengers to console him concerning his father. And David's servants came to the land of the Ammonites to Hanun to console him. But the princes of the Ammonites said to Hanun, Do you think 
because David has sent comforters to you that he is honoring your father. Have not his servants come to you to search and to overthrow and to spy out the land? So Hanun took David's servants and shaved them and cut off their garments in the middle at the hips and sent them away. And they departed. When David was told concerning the men, he sent messengers to meet them. And the men were greatly ashamed. And the king said, remain at Jericho until your beards have grown and then return. David often dignified people he did not have to dignify because that is the kind of heart that he had. Though again, he made lots of mistakes. A very egregious one is two chapters later in First Chronicles 21. But I want to encourage you at the end of five more minutes with the gospel found in David's charge to Solomon in chapter 28, verses 9 and 10. And you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him with a whole heart and with a willing mind. For the Lord searches all hearts and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. Be careful now, for the Lord has chosen you to build a house for the sanctuary. Be strong and do it. We're probably not supposed to be, we're probably not supposed to build a temple for the Lord. But we can serve him with a whole heart and with a willing mind. I hope that encourages you this week. See you next week.